College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden right here in New York City. And they try to set up Trump again. Zuckerberg is now a king of his own country. And some crazy stuff went down at the Grammys. But first, oftentimes I feel that for the left, politics is the art of surrender. It's kind of like permission-based fascism, if you will. They want to control you, but they're going to try and trick you every step of the way to until you say yes. You know, it's kind of the kind of like when you convince your children to do something and you're like, "Yeah, come on. This is, you want to lay down and go to sleep." And they're like, "No, I don't." And you're like, "Yes, you do. Look at this. Look at the blankie. Look at the little stuffed animal." That's what they kind of do to us. Right. They try They sit there and they're like, oh, we're not going to come and storm your door down and force you to do what we want. We'll just scare the crap out of you through demagoguery and say it's in the name of the virus or the name of this or the name of that or the evil white supremacist Republicans or this or whatever it is and scare you into submission. And before you know, it, you'll be begging us to do, uh, you know, to do our bidding. And I believe that's that permission based fascism that I'm talking about. And this is why the media is so heavy handed. Because they constantly want to fear monger, right? So a couple months ago, the, the big fake story of the day was that President Trump had called Secretary Raffensperger, the Georgia Secretary of State, saying, you know, you're going to have to find the fraud. And that he'd spoken with an investigator as well. And that the um, audio recording of the investigator was nowhere to be found. Well, lo and behold, last night I was uh, in the control room around 7 o'clock at night, and I see in my email a statement from President Trump. And former President Trump said that the Washington Post now admitted misquoting of his December phone call with Georgia elections investigator was a media travesty. Now, of course, the media travesty he's talking about was that a Georgia state elections investigator said something about him calling them and threatening him. And, you know, with Trump saying, listen, you better find the fraud and blah, blah, blah. And I, we will hear it in a second. But I wanted to set the stage. And what we're going to do is Trump, he's putting it out there that they had to correct the record. The Washington Post corrected the record saying, oh, snap, we were wrong. Everybody reported the same thing because everybody confirmed that a phone call had occurred. But. With that phone call occurring, it didn't occur the way that they said they did. As a matter of fact, the investigator trashed the actual call in their trash bin. And that's where it was found, in their trash bin, only after they claimed that they didn't have it anymore. So I want you to listen to the actual um, statement. Go ahead. 
president, a lot of people aren't going out to vote. And a lot of Republicans are going to vote negative because they hate what you did to the president. Okay? They hate it. And they're going to vote. And if you would be respected, if really respected, if this thing could be straightened out before the election. You have a big election coming up on Tuesday. So now we know that President Trump spoke with Secretary Raffensperger. We also know that he spoke with this investigator. And this investigator uh, apparently did not tell the truth. And this is a lot worse than we think. And in a minute, I'm going to share some some details with you from a piece uh, in a article written in PJ Media by Matt Margolis. But the big piece here is that Trump's email statement says, I thank the Washington Post for the correction. Because when he was then president, this uh, post-election call with the election investigator was widely described as evidence that he pressured state officials to dishonestly subvert President Biden's victory in the will of the voters. But the Washington Post correction, after the audio file was discovered in a state uh, election official's trash folder, undermined the seemingly mostly damning quotes that had been attributed to him. You will notice that the establishment media errors, omissions, mistakes, and outright lies always slant one way against me and against Republicans, the president said, President Trump. Meanwhile, stories that hurt Democrats, I should be doing this in my Trump voice, right? Meanwhile, stu- the stories that hurt the Democrats are undermined, their narratives are buried, ignored, or delayed until they can do the least harm. For example, I can't do it for that long. After <laughs> it's over. Look no further than the negative coverage of the vaccine that preceded the election and the overdue celebration of the vaccine once the election had concluded. A strong democracy requires fair and honest media. The latest media travesty underscores that legacy press outlets should be regarded as political entities, not as journalistic enterprises. Excellent quote, Mr. President. I agree with that. And of course, the correction substantially, uh, substantially altered the reporting on the phone call which was politically explosive at the time, you know, making it look like Trump was trying to force elections officials to change the election in his favor, which it's now clear that it hasn't. And the Washington Post has issued their correction. Now to the uh, Peace and PJ Media, because this is where it gets down to the uh, nitty gritty. It's uh, Matt Margolis. He's the author of Airborne, How the Liberal Media Weaponized the Coronavirus Against Donald Trump. And you could find that wherever they sell books. Excellent piece, both uh, the piece and the New York Post and the Peace and PJ Media. You can follow Matt on Twitter, Gab, Facebook, MeWe, Heroes Rumble, and CloudHub. So here to help us explain everything from soup to nuts is Matt Margolis. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on. You got it, brother. So I was looking at this before, and I shared a little bit uh, of the article with the audience, and I thought to myself, I should probably try to reach out to Matt and see if we can get him on, literally the guy who wrote the book on it. So uh, Matt, walk us through this. I guess take us back to when this originally went down with uh, President Trump and how they started to create this misstatement and how everybody created these false confirmed statements and all of that? Well, basically what happened is, is back in January, the Washington Post published a story that essentially accused President Trump of trying to pressure Georgia election officials to find the fraud and and telling them that they, you know, They'd be national heroes if they were able to overturn the results and, and really kind of creating this narrative that he was trying to get them to, to, to do bad things in order to, to change the results. And the, even in the headline, the headline said that uh, experts say this could amount to obstruction. <laughs> and they cited quotes that were allegedly given by Trump 
in this phone call that we now know to be completely false. And uh, there, there's so much that, that leads up to this that, that uh, just makes this very bizarre because, you know, that they, they had said that there wasn't a recording of, of the call. And now we know that there was. And this recording was actually found in, in the trash folder of the investigator's computer. Uh, this is uh, just a, a, an amazing story that uh, hopefully is not going to just be brushed away uh, in the coming days. This is this is very very big and uh, a major black stain on the uh, on the on the mainstream media because the mainstream media uh, re- repeated these allegations and then claimed to uh, independently confirm it. So uh, th- th- this is a huge story. And we're on with Matt Margolis. He's an author and he's a writer at PJ Media. Matt. Um- how did they stumble upon this stuff that was in the trash bin? Did somebody just say, oh, let me check out so-and-so's trash bin? What, what was going on? Basically, what happened was is that there was um, an investigation going on. There was a public records request. And so someone was, look, was looking on these devices, and that, that's how it was found. So if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't even know about this. And this story would still be talked about as, as if it were true, and, and Trump actually said those words. To your so knowledge, we got pretty lucky. Yeah. And to your knowledge, was this public records request part of what happened with that per se? Or was it a public records um, request for something else where they just happened to stumble on this? Uh, as far as I know, it's related to this, but uh, this the story uh, isn't clear. And I haven't heard any more details on that specifically. Now, something that you mentioned in the piece that I thought was really good, and I'll quote it to you. It says, unless, of course, none of these five outlets, and of course you're talking about the outlets that reported this as confirmed, this phone call, and you say, unless none of these five outlets actually confirmed anything but merely claimed so, this is possible, but considering the fact that the recording of the call was found in the trash folder of a Georgia state official's computer seems to suggest that one or more Georgia state officials conspired to come up with a damaging version of the phone call, leaked the phony details to the media, and then cover up the evidence of the actual call. Now, that appears to be true to me, uh, but help us unpack that. Uh, I mean, that's that's the only conclusion that I can come up with. But uh, at the same time, uh, you know, I don't think that absolves the media for what they did. Of course. But uh, clearly there were there were some anti Trumpers uh, in in, the, in in Georgia who were trying to damage him. And, and you remember this 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 story came out uh, not you know, not long after the, the, the Capitol riot. And this was all, this all was included as part of the narrative that led to Trump's second impeachment. You know, he's he's pressuring officials uh, to to overturn results. And and this 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 whole thing uh, just kind of uh, snowballed from from all these fake stories. And uh, the the big question that this this leads us to ask is, you, you know, we're, the, the Washington Post and these other uh, outlets referred to you know, anonymous sources. Mm-hmm. Well, can, can we trust anonymous sources anymore if you can just make up things and not be held accountable for it? I mean, these are people who should be held accountable for, for, for saying false things to the media and then and then letting it go the go rampant. And I think this is a point that I make regularly is that I think that's they feel like many of them feel that's their job. Their job is to just promote these false things or create, do whatever you got to do to stop the other side. It's not about journalism. It's not about accountability or being a watchdog or any of that. It's about stopping the other side. uh, It's definitely their job to to do those things during Trump because they definitely were not doing that uh, during the eight years of Obama. And they're not exactly doing that right now with Biden. 
Yeah, you're 100% right. Now, I want to shift gears a little bit because I think it's a great piece, and I want you guys to check it out. The Washington Post's fake Trump scandal is worse, a lot worse than you think, by Matt Margolis in PJMedia.com. But I also want you to take a, uh, you to take a moment and tell us a little bit about your most recent book, Airborne, which I actually have a copy of on my desk in the Levin studio. And it says um, how the liberal media weaponized the coronavirus against Donald Trump. So tell us a little bit about the book, because you did a deep dive there. And I think the people deserve to know. Yeah, well, that was a book that uh, I, I honestly did not want to write. It was uh, but it got very frustrating uh, last year when the pandemic started. And as I'm sure you probably noticed, too, there was all these negative stories that would come out about Trump. And then a day or two later, Oh, that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, here, here's some new information or no, that's just that's not really what happened. And uh, I felt it was important to document the uh, that the fake stories that the, the, the media just went went all over Trump uh, for to try to pin the the pandemic on him, uh, which they which they largely succeeded in doing uh, you know, his his approval ratings on the pandemic originally were very strong. Then all of a sudden they started to take a dive. And that was because of this endless media media coverage that, uh, you know, that he that he had that he had failed to protect this country. Uh, I mean, it was just the lie after lie after lie. And that's what the book gets into. Yeah. And I, separate from that, but along the same vein. I remember when they were saying, oh, he said bad things about the soldiers. He he disrespected the soldiers. I mean, they just created, you're right, one fake story after another. And afterwards, it was okay to say, oh, yeah, my bad. We, you know, I guess we, we didn't get that one right. Or they wouldn't say anything at all. And it, so I think it's impressive that the Washington Post has kind of stepped up and said, yep, we lied to you yet again. But this time they're they're admitting to it. But tell me in, in your estimation as, you know, as somebody that's out there in the media writing and, you know, covering all of the news of the day, tell us um, what type of damage do you think this does to A, the media, B, the country as a whole uh, when when journalists or pseudo journalists decide to prostitute themselves as propagandists? Well, you know, I think uh, the damage is quite clear. And, and, and Trump has said so uh, many times uh, that if, if the media was fair and, and treated him like uh, like Democrat presidents or, or, or at least, uh, as I said, in a fair way, he would have won the election in a landslide. Uh, but but of course, they don't. They, they come up with these fake stories uh, back to back and, and just hope that, you know, everything will, will stick. I mean, there's there's fake stories that have long been debunked that that the left still believe that they still believe that Trump called the, the pandemic a hoax when he said no such thing. There's actually video of him saying uh, that uh, it's not that the, the 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 witch hunt was was the real hoax with, with mm-hmm. the pandemic, not not the actual, uh, you know, coronavirus. It wasn't, you know, so but people still believe it. People believe stories that have been. Yeah, he said uh, the Mexicans were rapists. Right. Right. And the, exactly. Or, you know, the, the whole thing with in Charlottesville, you know, right. good people on all sides that 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 lie. People believe these fake stories because they were reported on as as 100 percent true. And then uh, deep later debunked. But the people who want to believe it will still believe it and pretend that it, that it was never debunked. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, there's still people actually believe it because they heard it so many times. And they, they just believe the rest of it is just, you know, somebody trying to save him, one of his friends coming to his rescue, that you know, trying to cover up for him, but that he actually did these things. I guess my last right. question, Matt, uh, just because uh, you've got your ear to the ground and one of the stories that none of us can escape, and I don't mean to put you on the spot because I haven't seen any of your work on this, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts, 
is uh, what do you think happens with Essential Andy Cuomo from the Essential Andy Cuomo podcast here in New York? Do you think the governor gets the boot? Does he walk away? I think nothing happens. I think he doesn't get impeached. He doesn't walk away. Maybe he decides not to run for re-election. Maybe. You know, he, he's he's definitely uh, said multiple times that he is not going to resign. Uh, it is clearly not in his character to do that. Uh, I think he is counting on uh, impeachment uh, to fail or or not even perhaps not even go forward. So, but I, I think. Uh, I think he's hoping that that'll happen and he probably he'll probably see the writing on the wall and just not run for re-election. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, again, folks, that's Matt Margolis. He's the author of Airborne, How the Liberal Media Weaponized the Coronavirus Against Donald Trump and the best-selling book, The Worst President in History, The Legacy of Barack Obama. You can follow him at uh, Twitter, Gab, Facebook, MeWe, Heroes, Rumble and Clout Hub. Matt, I want to thank you for joining us in a pinch. It was great to hear your insight and analysis on this. Well, thanks for having me. You got it. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. What's up, America? Welcome back. Big tech CEOs are earning a lot of money lately. It seems their wealth has boomed during the pandemic, up by over $30 billion. The pandemic has been a blessing for big tech billionaires with the CEOs of companies such as Tesla and Amazon and Google and Facebook increasing their personal wealth by tens of billions each in the past year. Many of the United States wealthiest individuals are tech barons showing the strength and dominance of an industry that's grown substantially despite the coronavirus induced pandemic. And of course, that's because people are stuck at home, glued to their devices, and this is what they're doing. They're just, you know skimming this and sliding their finger there and scrolling here and they're all over the place. Now, these respective CEOs, Elon Musk of Tesla, Jeff Bezos of Amazon, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook and seven other tech titans made more than $380 billion from last February to this February. And that's according to an analysis in Bloomberg's Billionaires Index by the Washington Examiner. Now, I look at this and I think, God bless them. Good for them. I've never been mad at anybody for making money or becoming a billionaire because, man, I'm on the waiting list. Right. I'm just I'm waiting my turn. But one thing I'll tell you is that some of Jeff Zuckerberg's own people, they're not necessarily as on board with him being successful as maybe I am. Now, listen, I'm not saying I'm a fan of uh, Facebook's messed up algorithms that push out conservatives and the way that they data mine us and they make us feel like I get to talk to my friend in California and watch his kids grow up so I kind of like Facebook when in reality they're doing everything they can to, to they can to stop what it is that I believe in ideologically and politically uh, to slow it down and, and uh, stifle that. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. They're both true. But Zuckerberg has faced some opposition and it's coming from within. His global planning lead, Benny Thompson, was caught on undercover video or leaked video 
And uh, we have Project Veritas to thank for that. Now, of course, Project Veritas is the 501c3 nonprofit guerrilla filmmaking and citizen journalism educational nonprofit based out of New York, which I happen to have worked for and um, ran their national field operation 2014, 2015. And James O'Keefe, the president, who is somebody I consider a friend and I think he's a patriot and does a great job, has really been intrepid in reaching these people and in being, I'm going to say, courageous and bold in helping them put their stories out. When these whistleblowers come forward from inside Facebook, from inside Twitter, from inside a lot of different places, UPS, the United States Postal Service as well, all of these different entities, people have come forward and said, you know what? I have a story to tell. And he's given them that platform and put his name on the line to give them that reach because it's important. So I want you to hear a little bit from Benny Thompson, the global planning lead at Facebook, because he feels that Mark Zuckerberg has control over way too many people. Check this out. I mean, no king in the history of the world has been the ruler of two billion people. But Mark Zuckerberg is. <laughs> and he's 36. Like, that's too much for a 36-year-old. Like, you should not be... You should not have power over two billion people. I just think that's wrong. So he says no king in the history of the world has had reign over two billion people. And he's only 36. 36 is too young. I would say, Mr. Thompson, 46, 56, 96, 106. I don't want a king. (laughs) This world does not need a king. Two billion people don't need a king. And the whole idea is is, uh, kind of bizarre. Honestly, when you think of this guy makes his living, he probably makes a good living as the global planning lead. It sounds pretty important, right? Uh, Unless they give him out, you know, uh, they give out the big titles and they don't pay him. They're like, hey, here's 20 grand a year. You're going to be our new director of strategic global planning leadery. (laughs) I don't know. You know, Um, one of those things. His own people feel he's got too much power to the point where they're calling him a king instead of calling Cuomo a king. This is a big deal. But that's not all Mr. Thompson had to say. He had more. Listen to this. Facebook and Google are no longer companies. They're countries. They must be stopped. So that's uh, Mr. Thompson. Now, we have another audio clip from the other gentleman. His name, Nick Clegg, is the global affairs head for FB, Facebook. Listen to Nick Clegg. But there has been quite a lot of disquiet expressed by many leaders around the world, from the president of Mexico to Alexander Navalny in Russia, and Chancellor Angela Merkel, and others saying, well, this shows that private companies have got too much power, and they should be only making these decisions in a way that is framed by democratically uh, agreed rules. We agree with that. All right. So, again, equally as damaging now, because uh, Nick agrees Facebook has too much power over democratic countries, meaning not Democrat Party, meaning countries that elect people on their own, uh, you know, show of hands, say I type of thing, Democrat, Democratic. And I, I agree with that. It, when you have the ability to interfere because you're, you've kind of woven yourself to everybody's lives in different ways, this power must be checked because it was never power that was given to you by the body politic. Now, Facebook could turn around and say, sure, they did. Every time they clicked those terms and conditions and said, I accept, I approve, check mark, yes, 
I am part of the body, body politic, and yes, I am allowing Facebook to do that. One could make that case, but you could also make the case that Facebook doesn't provide representation in the government. So without that representation in the government, you can turn to your representative and say, hey, look, I think that this has gone too far. I think these people are are bordering on violations of antitrust and they have to be stopped. They're just too big and you got to split them up. In fact, this is what Benny Thomas now says that Zuckerberg should be removed and that all the Facebook companies should be separated because they've amassed way too much power. Check this out. Instagram, Facebook, Messenger, Oculus, um, WhatsApp, they all need to be separate companies. It's too much power when they're all one to one. I would break it up and I would remove Zuck as the CEO. I would remove Zuck as the CEO. Now, I'm not making fun of him. I happen to love the East Asian people. I grew up with a friend uh, that was born in Nigeria, but he was from Indian uh, ancestry. His parents, his dad was born in Pakistan, Indian born in Pakistan. His mom was born in Vietnam, Indian born in Vietnam. And they all lived in London and Nigeria, which is such an international group of people. But they had such great accents. I grew up, you know, uh, speaking to them in their own accent because I thought it was great. They'd say, hello, Richie, how are you? Oh, hello, Hiro, hello, Hiro. And nobody took it offensively because I really just enjoyed their accent. So I don't want the um, the media police coming and saying, Valdez mocks South Asians accent. No, not at all. It's really an appreciation for it. And if you've listened to the show at any at any length, at some point or another, I'm always doing some impression of something. But I go on. Benny Thomas says that Facebook and Google are no longer companies. They are countries and that these countries have to be stopped. Check Facebook out. and Google are no longer companies. They're countries. They must be stopped. Holy cow. So this is, uh, this is like Phil Rizzuto. Holy cow. That's a huge statement. Now, this guy, again, I don't know who he is. I don't know him from anything. I know he's the planning lead and. We've already established our supposition is that that's probably an important job somewhere, a job he likely doesn't have anymore or he won't have for too long until they fire him. And they may not fire him right away because they don't want to get sued right away. But whatever it is, the cat's out of the bag. Top dogs are at least people with some considerable influence. And he didn't sound stupid. He sounded like he presented himself like an intelligent person. The, The people in the organization that way at that level are saying, look, this is just too much power, man. There are people out there trying to vote and you're in their face. You're in their inbox. You're in their messenger. You're in the Instagram. You're in their WhatsApp. You're in everything telling them how and who to vote for, what issues matter, what issues don't. And quite likely spreading fake news about Trump's phone call that was fake. Yet we know that it wasn't fake. And now the WAPO themselves, Washington Post is like, oh, my bad. Oh, my bad. I have to say, I'm sorry. I love when the truth comes out because ultimately... People are set free. And I don't mean to get whimsical or biblical, but I love it that they tried to ridicule Trump. They tried to demonize him. And it's not because of my fanaticism for Trump. It's because I've always saw what Trump stood for to be right and true or in Puerto Rico, as they say, right, true. So in that being right and true, I, I love that that's that vindication is there, just like Mr. Thomas. I mean, who was it that was leading the charge? Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley. Matt Gates, so many others saying big tech companies are too big. They're going to hurt America. It's too much. Now you have people in there saying we are a country and that's just too much. So don't move a muscle. We're not done just yet. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez and this is America. This is America. 
He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. The Grammys happened this week, and it was a fiasco like it usually is, but a little more so than usual. This time, it was one of those things that even I, a bachelor, couldn't just say, eh, girls will be girls. And uh, the Grammy Awards is typically something that I like. I used to sit on the committee for the Young Benefactors um, Committee of the VH1 Save the Music Foundation, and it, it really is something I enjoy. I've always supported the idea of music education in a classroom because studies show that music power equals brain power. And that's their slogan, but it's true. And it could be anything. It's not necessarily just one type of music or playing uh, percussion or uh, a brass instrument. It really focuses on using that brain power. So I've always done an event every year to kind of highlight the work that they do and bring awareness to what the foundation does and the great things that are happening with that. And a couple of years ago, in 2018, I had a uh, an event here because the Grammys were held here in New York. And that year, Ice-T was nominated for a Grammy, as he was this year. And this year he won, so congratulations to Ice-T and, of course, Mick Benzo, Jamil Flores, all everybody that's uh, part of Ice's crew and, of course, Body Count. And I found it interesting that the Grammys this year really has gone just a little bit further and further away from morality and closer to debauchery. And again, I'm not a priest. Listen, I, I can enjoy a little debauchery. I'm, I'm a human. But I do think that it was just this, what appeared to be women engaging in things that I probably shouldn't talk about. <laughs> it just seemed a little over the top, like, and in poor taste. I think things, they were both talented and they could have displayed their talents a little better. Everybody knows I'm a big fan of Cardi B, yet I'm a big critic at the same time because of things like this. But I want you to hear a little bit of uh, Cardi B's song, WAP, which I'm not going to get into, <laughs> the WAP, but I want you to hear a little bit of that. And then I want you to hear about the intro that Bill Burr had. Bill Burr, who uh, is a comedian that comes out to talk about the awards and present the uh, Latino Awards, he uh, got chastised a little bit for his remarks, but I want you to hear what he had to say. Check this out. Hey, thank you, Janae. How are you? Was I the only one who wanted to kill himself during that piano solo? Uh, <laughs> I bought a suit for this. I thought I was going to be on TV. I'm such a moron. I am losing so much money right now. All right. Shout out to all the rock stars that I wanted to meet tonight who are watching at home instead. I'm talking to you, Don Dawkin. All right. What, I'm old. That was my first concert. All right, here are the next categories. He uh, he comes out, it seems to be, he's a little abrasive. His his humor reminds me of my colleague, Sid Rosenberg, uh, <laughs> says a lot of similar types of things. And, and it, you know, I guess it's an acquired taste for some. I think, you know, Sid's funny, and I think his comments were funny to somebody because somebody was laughing besides him, maybe the, the only other guy in the audience. But what's interesting is that Twitter's now trying to cancel Bill Burr for his feminist Grammys jokes. And... He was the top trend on Twitter for a little bit because, you know, obviously his highly rated comedy specials, but mainly because of what he said as jokes. Now, these jokes were obviously getting him into trouble. Then he goes on to to introduce a woman uh, who's getting an award who isn't there. And it was kind of awkward. And then he mispronounces her name and it's like, all right, what are you going to do? Check this out. Name. Natalie, Natalie, what? All right. Uh, 
And the winner, uh, the Grammy goes to Natalia Lafourcade. Dude, you, oh, I will, oh, sorry. I will accept on behalf of her. If I butchered her name, I'm sorry. You know, Natalie, you won. Natalia. <laughs> I thought that was funny, too. I thought his recovery was good. I thought the whole thing was good, uh, especially because, you know, he is he's got this. I don't know where he's from, but he sounds somehow like northeastern, you know, and, and, and he his accent is like, you know, it's funny to me. The whole thing is funny. He's like, Natalia, I don't know. You know, and he goes on. I want you to listen to this one now. All right. Hey, how many uh, feminists are like going nuts? So how, why is this this white male doing all this Latino stuff uh, and the Grammy ghost? Now, that one was funny to me because obviously, you know, who uses these terms, cis white male, number one? You know, the first time I heard that, which was not that long ago, because it's a relatively new uh, thing in our lexicon, if you will. I was like, why are we using this word, cisgender, cis male, cis whatever? And um, I had to look it up and I was like, that is so stupid that I have to use this word. But. I found that to be funny and funnier is, you know, the Latino stuff and him not mentioning the names. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm putting you to sleep. Maybe not. But I thought it was funny and it was worth mentioning. And to me, the overall story becomes how we uh, kind of trend away from the things that matter with respect to morality. And I'm kudos to him for taking shots at the feminists. There's a uh, a listener to the Mark Levin show who's a fan of Mark's and a fan of mine for when I fill in for him that I bumped into in Orlando, Florida. Her name, Isabella Riley, and she she um, followed me on one of the social media. I followed her back, and I watched one of her videos, and she is uh, she labels herself an anti-feminist, and I thought it was terrific. Some of the things she was saying, not that she's an anti-feminist, because, you know, I actually consider myself a feminist, and she, her opinion is that male feminists are the worst. Uh, I'm a feminist in the sense that I do believe, you know, women can do what, what they want to do with their lives, and that's my definition and uh, understanding of it. However, I know that others have, you know, different expansions of that definition and that's fine. But I brought her up just uh, really in the general sense of of feminism and how some women attack the idea of feminism. They're like, you know, screw that. I don't need you to tell me what I can do and can't do. And that's honestly me with so many other things, especially when it comes to decision making, liberty, my own sovereignty as a human being. The last thing I need is Andrew Cuomo or Joel Baboso Biden or anybody else trying to make decisions on how I live, telling me, you know what, we don't want you to get the coronavirus, so you can't go to a restaurant. We don't want you to do this or we don't want you to do that. Yet, when it comes to situations where that could be potentially immoral or even dangerous or not... Um, within the thinking of common sense even, like allowing people that you do not know if they're infected with COVID or not during a a pandemic to enter the United States while we had a lockdown, while everybody else who's supposed to be where they are, you know, people not that are sneaking into the country, but people that are just in the country because they're supposed to be in the country, we're locked down. But those people aren't locked down, they're kept safe. Now, it's true that there's a whole border crisis going on, And I think they're finally admitting that the Biden border crisis is a real thing. I don't know. You tell me. What are we going to do? Is it moral to allow these people in? Their argument that it's moral that we have to 
let them in because otherwise we'd be sending unaccompanied children back to wherever they came from by themselves. Now, I know it's easy and it's it's crass to say, well, listen, nobody told them to come. It's not our problem. They're not kids from America. Send them back. But that really is an amoral or at least immoral response. I mean, there, there's some responsibility if you are the United States to do something. It doesn't mean we have to let them into the United States. I mean, something has to be done, and clearly nothing's being done. So we're going to chop that up a little bit. There's a bunch of uh, new information on this from a recent trip that Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy took down to the southern border, and the scrutiny on the administration is heightened each day. More and more people, including the left-wing reporters, even the fake news media, is like, hey, we can't be fake news long enough. We need to know what's happening. And all of it matters. All of it matters, whether it's the attacks on Trump, the fake news, the attacks on morality, the Grammys, the criticism on the Republican Party never stepping up and always playing defense. They're always going to play defense until you start playing offense, until we, the people, start playing offense. Because the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. Lord Acton, Sir Edmund Burke. If we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. Hamilton, I leave you with those thoughts on a regular basis, and I mean them. And each time becomes more important than the last. We're seeing so many things erode in our republic, but there's hope. And the hope truly lies within those three large words at the top of our Constitution. We, the people. Until next time, America. Hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade.